This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. I was hitchhiking the other day and a hearse stopped. I said, no thanks, I'm not going that far. Stephen Wright. And some dude, an old dude in his flatbed truck, he said, you need a ride, where are you going? And I said, just up to North Lake, my truck's up there. Throw your bag on the back, let's go. This old dude, he was the guy that ran the mule, the pack mules there up there at North Lake. And so I got to listen to this guy tell me stories. He'd been running mules up there, his father, Maybe it was even his grandfather had the pack station, owned the pack station back when there was one there at Whitney. And he had a photo of either his dad or his grandpa on the summit from the air. Some friend of theirs that was flying a plane was able to take a photo. But this old guy, he's got an open can of Coors there in his truck. He's, oh, I wish I had a beer. I'd give you a beer. I, I might have one up at the station. You want one? I'm like hitching a ride. It was all worth it. I'm Doc. And this is Hiker Trash Radio. Hey, is this thing on? Hello? Hit it again. 
I think it's on now. <clears throat> Welcome to Hiker Trash Radio, where each week, Doc will drag some colorful characters out of the woods to talk trail and type 2 fun. If you're aspiring hiker trash, or if you're just looking to understand the hiker trash in your life, look no further. So lace up those boots, gnaw on some jerky, and settle into your 20-mile pace as we fire up the podcast from somewhere deep in the backcountry. It's time to embrace the suck. We are stoked to partner with Garage Grown Gear on this episode of Hiker Trash Radio. Garage Grown Gear, or GGG for short, is your online store for all things ultralight backpacking. Dedicated to supporting the growth of small and cottage brands, they've got everything you need all in one place. From ultralight accessories to dehydrated meals to your big three, Garage Grown Gear has everything you need to lighten your load. Based out of St. Paul, Minnesota, GGG is known for its commitment to providing quality ultralight gear, stellar customer service, and free shipping and returns over $40. And welcome back to another week on the trail, dirtbags, hiker trash, and of course, good smelling day hikers. I'm Doc, and this is Hiker Trash Radio. Hey, if you like what we're doing here, help us out. Take just a minute, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. And if you don't like what we're doing, well, just go ahead and keep that to yourself. All right, let's get to this week's guest, a longtime listener, a weekend warrior, and the host of the Coleman Outdoors YouTube channel, Eric Coleman. How's it going, Eric? It's going great. Thanks for having me on, Doc. It's been it's been a pleasure listening to you for the last or so. Thanks for talking to me. Fantastic. I'm I'm excited to have you on. We actually had a joint podcast experience when we went on Randall Gillespie's right. Grunt Proof podcast to talk about the virtues of backpackers. And sometimes I, I felt that fell on deaf ears a little bit. It does. I think the military crowd is very regimented in their thinking mm -hmm. because they were trained to be that way. And sometimes it's hard to get away from what they've been taught. It's almost brainwashed. <laughs> I say that lovingly into <laughs> a way of doing things, but they're great people and I, I appreciate them. And it's nice to bring, start out the show with that, knowing that we're coming up on Veterans Day and right. we'll say this episode's for the troops. There you go. I love <laughs> it. I love it. Now, you and I met in person one time, and I was able to carve out some studio space in the house here with a little bit yeah. of a, a remodel we did inside. And can you <laughs> do you notice anything familiar up on the wall behind me? Ab absolutely. And most of the time, I will listen to the show on Spotify here in the garage because that's where I'm at right now. Uh huh. But uh, I have watched a little bit of some episodes, and I have seen the sign there on the back uh, over your left shoulder. Yeah, one of, made for you. one of my prized possessions. I really love it. And if you're wondering what we're talking about, you're going to have to tune into the YouTube feed and, and check it out. Yeah. And now expired John freaking mod. Oh, I can't even talk. John freaking Muirpod sign. So, That's right. Yeah. That's right. Hey, Eric, I know you're a longtime listener, so you are familiar with a segment that we have towards the end of every show. It used to be the Pro Tip Inside of the Week. We've changed that now to be Hiking Hacks, and that's where I will turn okay. to you and ask you to share some trail wisdom with our listeners to make their next outdoor experience even better. Because we get wisdom from mistakes that we've made, and I have a feeling that you've made some mistakes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, plenty. Plenty of mistakes. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> 
Now, Eric, out on the trails, have you picked up a trail name? Because we usually go by trail name on the podcast here. You're right. You do. Your through hikers do. And I have never, I guess you could say I've through hiked. The longest through hike I've done was the Backbone Trail here, the Santa Monica Mountains, but it's measly 68 miles. But it's basically a weekend trip if you're really tough. But surprisingly, I picked up a trail name I did on this summer or yeah, fall trip that I did. Uh, I went in over Bishop Pass and exited at Whitney Portal. And I've always have been a late riser when I'm by myself. If I'm soloing, I like to take my time getting up and getting going. And I think on day two, I thought to myself, if I had a trail name, it would be late checkout. And so I, I jokingly said that to some ladies that I had met a few cup, a few days later on the trail. And they said, you're starting out late. And I said, yeah, I told my story. I like to wait take my time when I'm by myself. And then we leapfrog back and forth. They were heading the same way I was out of the Whitney portal. And one morning I was still sitting there eating my breakfast and the ladies come by. I was there at, uh, at Tyndall frog ponds, actually the campsite right there. And I hear the ladies yell out or one of the ladies yells out, is that, is that late checkout over there? <laughs> I, I said, I guess that is. So she said later, uh, maybe a day later, I said, I don't know if I can officially accept that name because I made it up for myself. She said, no, we're going to bequeath that name to you. So you can call me late checkout or late LC. What's the rule? What's your take on it, Doc? What do you think? I love the name, late checkout. It's got a great ring to it. I love the story behind it. It is a lot of syllables. In in case of emergency, if they had to get your attention, we're talking life and death situation. It might be too many syllables. (laughs) Yeah. Look, late checkout, there's a bear coming your <laughs> yeah, way. Yeah, it's a lot of words to get out. But I like it. Late checkout, maybe LCO. Yeah. LCO. Yeah, mm-hmm. that sounds good. You can call me late checkout, late LC, or yeah, just late. Checked out. Good. Checked out. Checked out. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> there was no there was no continental breakfast at the for, in the mountains, man. Uh, no, of course not. And but I I am very familiar with that location, Tyndall Frog Ponds, because that was the site yes. of one of the one of the worst storms I've ever been involved with. Uh, back in 2015, we were at oh. we were camping at Tyndall Frog Ponds on our way out after doing the southern half of the JMT, and a storm came through, and just it was thunder and lightning all night long, hours upon hours. Sounded like it was right on top of us. And the next morning, the ranger came out to check and see if everybody was okay. And they, she said that was the, the worst storm that she's ever seen in 15 years. It was quite an experience. Wow. Not much sleep that where night. Were they cu- where I, I can't imagine when that thunder starts coming down, even though at the pr- frog ponds, you're hidden in some trees there, I would imagine. Yeah. If I, I can picture some of the sites that were there, you feel somewhat protected, but still when the lightning's crashing around you, puts your teeth on edge, but I don't know. At this point, you get used to it. It's the Sierras, right? Your the rains come in. You can always expect that in the Sierras for yeah. sure. All right. Hey, let's move on to our first segment. Okay. Trailblazers Toolkit. It's time for the Trailblazers Toolkit sponsored by the Ultralight Backpacking Gear Company, Six Moon Designs. Now, I'd love to talk about gear on the podcast. I'd love to hear about the most important item in my guest adventure gear. So, late checkout, if you were preparing for your next adventure and I was the one providing you with all your gear, what is the one specific piece of gear you would insist on being packed? 
Give me all the specifics on that piece of gear. Tell me why you've got to have it out there. And this could be any kind of item. It could be gear. It could be apparel. It could be a luxury item. So, Eric, what is that item in your toolkit? Most many episodes as I've listened to, you'd think I'd be able to rattle off exactly this particular answer. Having been a Boy Scout, and I'm fairly well prepared and thought out. It's like, how do I pick one piece of gear? So I'm going to pick the luxury gear because it's unique. And I do have a video that I put up earlier this year on it. But I actually bring a travel CPAP out with me. Those of you that don't know what a CPAP is, I have sleep apnea. I'm sure there's quite a few Americans that are maybe listening to this that have sleep apnea. It's where obstructive sleep apnea, where your throat closes. You're not going to die from sleep apnea, but you don't get a good night's sleep. Anyways, I had ended up with some extra money during the uh, pandemic from my, my, my employer to the healthcare that we had to get rid of. And travel CPAPs are very small. It's a little machine that pumps air through your nose or your mouth, one or both or one, and that keeps that passageway open. The first challenge is scrounging up the money. Insurance typically doesn't pay for a travel CPAP, but I had this money, so I'm like, all right, I'll get it. That's not that's the lightest part of the entire CPAP kit. But I found a guy online that basically showed you how to take a LiPo battery that's for hobby vehicles like cars, boats, planes, and turn that into a battery that can actually work with your travel CPAP. Because the medical grade travel CPAP batteries are like four hundred dollars and you get one night's sleep. It's pointless when you're going out for multiple days. So the LiPo battery depending on the size battery can give you a four or five days worth of sleep, but you're looking at about almost a pound and a half, two pounds of battery. So for an eight day trip I did last year and a nine day trip I did this year, I carried two batteries. Oh. Total CPAP kit was run coming in at six and a quarter pounds. So there's no ultralight here, but man, it is the best sleep I have ever had on the trail. And as much as I'd like to find an alternative, I'm still looking for one because I would like to drop six and a quarter pounds. That's for a long trip, but I'd like to drop that weight if I could. But that's a must. Since I put it together, I'm like, ah, can I do it without this trip? Do it without the CPAP on this trip? I don't know. I love sleeping. How about a couple? How about a couple of like extra long straws that are bendy? You, you put, them, <laughs> put them through your nostrils and keep that air passage yeah. open. You don't have to worry about a battery. That's probably like, I don't know an ounce. It's, it's yeah but going in that. is painful Get, getting them in there and situated it's got to be it a is. little bit awkward you'd have to bring some you'd have to account for some something some medical grade lubricant to get it down your throat that's but, right yeah. they got a ton of devices out there and if anyone listening knows of some other alternative to CPAP on the trail let me know they've got mouth guards chin things but at this point I'm that's what I'm carrying for now for long okay. trips. And you had great night's sleep. The best sleep ever. That's why I'm like, because yeah. I backpacked and overnighted without the CPAP for several years. And you deal with it. You wake up with a scratchy throat. Sometimes you get a headache. You just don't get a good deep sleep. And that's where the deep sleep that you don't get into is really important for your sleep. Because that's what helps you recover physically. The REM sleep that you get, that's more for mental recovery. The deep sleep, which you, you're going to end up being in more longer while you're sleeping, that's what helps you recover from the fatigue and the, the muscle strain that you're 
going through, especially on the trail. So, yeah. Late checkout, that's a first. We've never had a portable CPAP machine be listed as the the must-bring piece of gear out there or the, uh, the hike, uh, not hiking hack, but the the uh, the must-bring in your Trailblazers toolkit. So congratulations on that yeah. one. Yeah, my you're welcome. Or yeah, thank you. Appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to say. It's a little crazy. I'll be honest. I, I like I said, if I can find an alternative, I'm gonna I'll ditch it in a heartbeat. Yeah, you've already got me code switching because we we've talked about the John freaking Muirpod earlier. So now I'm getting my segments mixed up. The old segments, new segments. I'm I'm all Sorry. I'm discombobulated <laughs> here. All right, you know what? One segment that has not changed. Okay. It's the hiking pole. That's the hiking poll, and that's poll spelled with two L's. This is a, right. a survey, a seven-question survey that's going to help me give you a score on the sanity scale from 1 to 100, with 1 being yeah. completely insane and 100 being completely sane. Now, anybody who's luxury, who's must-bring piece of gear out there, luxury item <laughs> is six-and-a-quarter pound portable CPAP machine system. It's an automatic 20-point deduction. So your highest okay, possible dang. score is 80 points today. Okay. All right. Well, hopefully I can keep this close to that. I don't want to go into the world, real world with people knowing that I'm crazy. Yeah. What would Randall say am, your score was? What would Randall say my score is? Yeah. I don't know. He'd, he'd probably say I'm sane, but he's comparing that to the grunt That's benchmark. Right. Army grunts are probably all pretty crazy okay. out the door. So. <laughs> all right. Seven questions all related to hiking. This is not rapid fire. It's not word association. I want you to give me your answer. I want you to explain it for me because that'll help me with my scoring. Okay. Okay. We'll do. All right. Mm-hmm. Qu- question number one, it's trekking poles or no trekking poles out there? Absolutely trekking poles. And you know that, but you have to ask that for the, the show. That's yes, right. Absolutely trekking poles. Why it's is a tool? Why is that? Go ahead. Because it's a tool. You're in my garage. I like tools. And I'm friends with Randall. He's a tool, but uh, that's a different type of tool. <laughs> but no, it's a tool. It, it, it provides you with balance. My friend Tony, he says it's like having a handrail to hold on to throughout throughout your trek on the trail. But I probably don't click the trail the trek and pull down, but maybe sixty percent of the time on the trail. The other times, I'm just carrying it, and that even is I even say that acts as a counterweight. Keeps your center of gravity a little bit low. Gives you balance, just like a tightrope walker is carrying a pole on that tightrope to help balance them out. Provides you with balance. So, yeah, it's a must-have on the trail. Okay. Now, question number two, I think we covered this on Randall's podcast. What's on your feet out there, boots or trail runners? They're trail runners, but that's grudging. Uh, I I do like boots. I, I don't like that that trail runners are flimsy and I'm not a wreck. Yes. I have the, the, the sleep apnea, but I also have bursitis in my feet in the balls of my feet. And I was using the Keens for quite a while. I got weird feet. They're, they're almost as ugly as Fred Flintstone's feet, but I, I have these short little curled toes, high arches. But anyways, this, the pain in the ball of my foot, I found some, just trying to figure out a method to ease up the pain. It's not excruciating all the time. It's just after miles on the trail. And I saw guys like on YouTube, the Lone Peaks, they cured my, my, my plantar fasciitis, my heel spurs, my whatever. He had all this stuff wrong. So I'm like, 
all right, I'll try the Lone Peaks. And that zero drop, that wide foot box that's even wider than Akeen's shoes really made a huge difference. And, but I really, the reason I say begrudgingly is because Lone Peaks are absolute garbage when it comes to holding up. I'm a bigger guy. I'm 6'4". Right now, 225. Would like to be a little lighter, but I just, that weight just destroys those shoes. The first pair of Lone Peaks I got, I went through after, they were pretty bad at about 160 miles. And so I thought, my feet feel really good, but I might have to start doing a side gig to, to afford the shoes. So I've tried the, the Lone Peaks, the of the ultra shoes. I've tried the Olympus. I've tried the temps, Lone Peaks. And the, the Lone Peak is definitely by far the best of those three shoes. And then I'm also actually wearing a pair of Topo uh, Terra Adventure or Perseverance or whatever. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I do. I'm yeah. Here. Yep. Yeah. And they seem like a little bit more solid shoe. In fact, hiking guy who is a SoCaler. We need to have him on the show. Hiking guy? Have not been able to rein him in? No. Yeah, hiking guy. Okay. Oh, man. You know of him, right? Please tell me you know hiking guy. Hikingguy.com. He's got a great blog for hikes. I'm writing this down. I'm writing this down. I'll I'll check him out. This is a good one. Chris Hazard. Chris with no H. C-R-I-S. And Hazard is his last name. Hikingguy.com. And that's another thing for you. It's more of a local hiker, but a great blog. But he's got a great channel, too. Guy's got a trail name built in. Hazard. He does. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Great dude. So anyway, it's enough about the shoes. You gave us a whole lot of physical description there. We heard about your height, your weight, the shape of your feet. Uh, Yes. A lot of information there. I, I, oh, I I added to the, the foot, the foot uh, setup too, by getting some, my first pair of custom orthotics in, in January. And so I've done some big hikes and some custom orthotics that, that seems to be helping some too. Okay. You know, the holidays are coming up. You should put uh, Hoka Speed Goats on your list. I tried those. And yes, did, didn't like them? Tr- it actually exacerbated oh, okay. the, the bursitis. In, in fact, I was having the bursitis mainly just in my right foot. And then the big long trip that I did with my friend Tony last year, it made the left foot go bad. But again, it's not like the most the worst thing ever. I can walk around yeah. all day and not have any pain. It's just, it's after miles and miles. Yeah. All right. Anyways. Question number three, when it comes to your shelter system, you prefer a tent, tarp, hammock, bivy, cowboy camping, or something else? You, you just never know what's going to happen in the Sierras. Turn on a dime on your weather. So I am a freestanding double walled tent guy. I've tried the, my father-in-law has a Gossamer gear tarp tent basically, but it is a, it is an A-frame tent with a single pole. I took that up to Canada a few years ago on a five-day trip in the, in Jasper National Park. Pretty much rained every day and it was, that sucked. Those little single, those single walled tent, non-freestanding, just condensation builds up. So yeah, I'm definitely a double walled freestanding tent guy i thought maybe you'd just go cowboy camping you're trying to cut weight you've got that six and a half pound system already packed in there <laughs> yeah i've thought about it. i've listened to you enough <laughs> to know that i maybe need to try the tarp that uh, just a, an actual tarp tent setup but 
Yeah, because I've got the trucking poles. It makes sense to try yeah. one, but yeah, I like being enclosed. I'm not afraid of being outside. I would don't mind cow, cow excuse me, cowboy camping if if the weather's great. But anyways, okay. Yeah. Let's talk about your sleep system. So okay. question number four, sleeping bag or quilt? I have both. I have, okay. I've used a North Face. Again, I'm larger, so i got to get that bigger bag to fit me, but a North Face bag that I used for several years. And then in preparation for the big trip last year, I'm like, ah, I really got to go. I got to figure out a way to cut weight. So I got a hammock gear quilt. I got the night. I spent extra for the 900 or the 950 fill. So to get as light as possible. I got the 20 degree bag and I like it. That's what I, I haven't used the sleeping bag since because it literally cut, I think about two pounds, maybe a pound and a half off the bag because the North face wasn't too bad, but yeah, again, a little bit of a grudging, a usage of the quilt, but it's super light and it's super comfortable. The only thing I don't like about it is it's a little drafty and I turn around a lot all night long. Yeah. So. All right. I think question number so, five. I, I don't mean to cut you off. Is there more? Is there more no, about no, the quilt? I'm good. I'm good. I was, okay. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. I want to make sure you get all the thoughts out there. Question no, number I'm five. Ahead, when it comes to food, are you a stove guy, cold soak, or stoveless? I'm a stove guy. Okay. Thank goodness. Um, yeah. Yeah. No. There's no way I'm cold soaking. I'm not a through hiker, like you said in the entry in, at the beginning, and I call myself a weekend warrior. You know. It, I got to have something nice and warm. And I had, I've had the MSR pocket rocket for years. Um, got, got my initial one confiscated at the airport in Canada because heaven forbid you bring something across the, the border or put in the plane that might've had some f- gaseous f- fuel go through it. it I, I understand the white fuel thing, but they won't even let you bring a, 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 a butane isopropyl fuel really just the stove uh-huh. they're like no you got to turn that over so marty up north went back to the airport and got it but i have the bsr 3000 another real cheapy one and i've tried it once but it's super light smaller but it's just doesn't i don't feel like it puts out as much heat as the pocket rocket okay what's your go-to meal out there use? oh go-to meal I really, I I got into, I just started doing some freeze drying, dehydrating my meals last year. And I think the favorite meal that I've figured out how to make, and it wasn't my recipe, found it online, just plain biscuits and gravy. The peak fuel biscuits and gravy is pretty good, but super expensive. And I, there's just something about dehydrated freeze dried meat that just never reconstitutes properly. So Biscuits from your local market, just a bag of white country gravy. You freeze dry that, you bake the biscuits, yeah, freeze dry them, chunk it up. And then when you get there ready for dinner, just put some boiling water in there and it's a nice, have some Cholula or Tabasco sauce. Yeah. With it. It's just delicious. It's so a good. Nice, hearty meal. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. I've got the jet boil. I use the jet boil. You use the jet boil. Okay. Yeah. I was wondering what you I've, I've, I've had it for a long time. Just, I haven't, it still works. So I haven't had the impetus to change it out yet. Yeah. It's hard sometimes to, I, if it's not broke, why fix it? Right. If it's too heavy. Yeah. That's part of the fixing mm-hmm. it, but jet boil. 
So you, most of the time you're just boiling water, reconstituting your meal, which right. is what I go with too. I don't want to, I don't want to cook food out there if I can help it. Yeah. Yep. All right. Question number six, is life better above or below the tree line? Again, there's always a, a, there's different factors here, but it's definitely, I always say, here's my shirt here. If this gives you any indication, Team East, we got Whitney, you know, the Sierras. My wife grew up going to the west side of the Sierras and I was, I grew up going to the east side. So I'm Team East and she's Team West. But Do you have matching shirts? She has a Team West. I made her a Team West shirt. I made the Team East for myself. Uh She's, oh, I want a Team West. So I came up with a Team West shirt. But the reason I bring that up is because the eastern side is known more for the big granite, just majestic mountains. You get it, obviously, on the west side. But Mm -hmm. the west side, their mineral king, where she went, and I know you're familiar with, is just chock full of those sequoias and those big pine trees. So. More pine trees on the west, more pe- more more rocks on the the east side. So it's a be- it's better above the tree line. Okay, if it's not super cold. <laughs> Sometimes I have a hard time answering the correct question. You got there eventually. You got there. Yes. <laughs> okay. And last question in the poll: What's more important, pack weight or luxury items? Hmm. I don't carry a chair. <laughs> I don't know. It's because you carry I'll a CPAP uh, system. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you what I weighed in with one liter of water when I hit the trail in uh, September. It was 55 pounds. So Ooh. you tell me. Okay. I certainly want to be lower. I certainly am trying. And every time I think that almost that weight almost seems like luxury items should be the answer. But yeah, that would be the answer because I'm definitely not, a, I'm not an ultralight guy. But All right. Hey, Stand by there, late checkout. I got to do some math here. Okay. So I've got to put your answers through the Hiker Trash Radio algorithm here. And I got to, let's say, I carry the three and divide by pi, multiply by root five. And we're going to adjust for the length of your two CPAP straws. And <laughs> I, I come up with a score of 61. 61. Okay. That, that, that's a decent score. That's not too bad. That's yeah. pretty sane. Yeah. What's the what's the top of the bell curve in terms of all the guests you've had? Where's the median? I think the median is south of fifty. I've talked to more people in the thirties oh, and okay, the forties. I think so. You're one of the, oh, yeah. the saner guests on on the podcast, yeah. which I, I, that That's makes good. me nervous. That if you're the example of sanity, what is going on here? Yeah, you're talking a lot of. I don't know what to say. A lot of through hikers. <laughs> I think through hikers are just a little bit nuttier than they but are. Great. I love meeting through hikers on the trail. It's yeah. such fun. They are different people. It's awesome. Yeah. yeah. All right. Hey, Eric, before we get too far down the trail, let's back up a little bit. Tell us about your background, where you grew up, and how did you get involved in the outdoor adventure cult? Okay. This is going to be, I got to figure out how to condense this. So I grew up here in SoCal. I actually grew up in the town of Saugus, which probably isn't too far from you. I went to, Rosedale, I, since you work in this, the, the school district, I'll tell you the schools I went to out there. So Rosedale Elementary School. Okay. Then I went to Arroyo Seiko Junior High School. And then my freshman year at Saugus High School. And then I came out to the Valley, 14, and pretty much been here in the Valley, North LA County. Right. For the most part, for most of your listeners. But Where did, uh, where did you finish your high school experience? 
so I went to Birmingham High School for two years, and then my dad got remarried, and I finished up here in Granada Hills at Granada Hills High School. Okay. Yes. <laughs> I got three three high school experiences. I'm assuming you're you're familiar with all those yeah those I, schools. I I live in Santa Clarita, so I'm very familiar oh, with yeah. the first set of schools you you mentioned. But I also I grew up in the valley. Oh yeah, uh, I, I would be saying that. I was baseball player in high school, and we played we played at all those schools. Gotcha. Did you say Kennedy for some reason? My stepbrothers, my stepbrothers went to Kennedy High School. Yes. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. I'm not too far from Kennedy now, being mm-hmm. here in Granada Hills. Again, yeah. So. Good stuff. Good stuff. So let's see. So my, I, I grew up, I was a member, I am a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. But Boy Scouts was just a, I don't know if it's a rite of passage, but it was a huge part of the youth program, especially for sure. the young men. And so that's where I got a big taste of being in the outdoors. But regardless of that, we are campers. My, I think my third generation, fourth generation, my, my great-grandpa with my grandpa, grew up here in SoCal as well and in the Valley, but they've always gone up to either Mineral King or the, the, again, the the Eastern side, Rock Creek. It's just part of our family heritage is to go up and camp. So we camped all the time every year up in Bishop. Bishop is my absolute favorite place in the world. A lot of camp car camping growing up, but again, with the Boy Scouts, a lot of backpack, yeah, more overnights than backpacking. Fact, really, the only major long-term backpacking trip we did was out of Red's Meadows up to the Beck Lakes there, up there near out of Mammoth. Mm-hmm. But always loved hiking. Hiked again as a Boy Scout. All our local peaks, like Baden Powell, is my favorite. Angeles Forest Peak because one, it's named after Baden Powell, right. the founder of Boy Scout Boy Scouts. But also, I hiked it as a twelve-year-old kid, and I just I loved it. So Baldy. Baden-Powell, Wilson a ton. Love Wilson. Yeah, um, you, you go up to Baden-Powell at certain times of the year, and you might catch some PCT through hikers coming through, which is, absolutely. Uh, which is very cool. Yeah, I love it. In fact, I love hiking. I love to hike the Wil- Baden-Powell from Islip Saddle there along the two, so it's a little bit longer, a little bit more challenging a hike, but that's all you're on the PCT the entire way from Islip Saddle to Baden-Powell. Yeah. And so I think it was last year, we did it pretty early, April. And yeah, there were a ton of PCT hikers. And then a few weeks later, I did Pacifico Mountain. And again, from Pacific, on the north side of Pacifico, um, all the way from that trailhead up to Pacifico. It was nothing but PCT through hikers. It was so much fun. So, so yeah, I need to do a trail angel thing. So I went up there a couple weeks later and got some Costco hot dogs and brought my, my camp chef out there drinks and stuff like that so that's fantastic I know, if you, I know you've done that so yeah it's, I, I went to do it this year but haven't gotten around to doing it so didn't get a chance to do it but definitely going to do it next yeah, year. yeah so. maybe, maybe we can plan some joint trail angeling i love um, it maybe in march or april uh, march yeah, is probably march is probably a little too early but maybe, maybe april would probably be better i think that's the early timers start in march but you want to yeah. hit the bubble so you're getting that full yeah group of people right yeah, yeah. i yeah. love it that'd be a great idea okay Fantastic. Vasquez Rocks is where you do it, right? That's right. Yeah. Very nearby yeah. there. Yep. So. so late checkout, what do you do these days to to pay the bills and fund your adventures? What What is your day job? <laughs> I work for one of our largest banks here in the country. I don't work in a branch. You could almost say it's our bank. <laughs> I don't want to, I don't want to say the name, not that it matters, but we'll let everybody 
pretend, think, oh, what bank does he work for? But I work for a bank. I work basically business support for frontline associates at our location. It's a corporate office setting. And uh, you said a lot of words that I recognize every single one of those words, but when you put them together in that pattern, <laughs> I, I have no idea what you do. <laughs> I don't either. And I've worked there February will be 20 years. I always hate telling people what I do. I have a bachelor's degree in visual communications, which is basically graphic design, and I use it for nothing. It's so sad, but it's a great education. At least I learned a lot of things. You make great signs, though. I am very, I'm very crafty. I, uh-huh. I should not be sitting in a five by seven cubicle, but it's a comfortable job and it's a great company to work for. I cannot complain about that other than I should have buckled down sooner as a kid and really focused on school. School is not my thing. It really wasn't. That's because you went to four high schools. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Three high schools. But yeah, it felt like four high schools. I was at Granada Hills my senior year. It was like, all right, when do I get done here? Because prom, whatever. This is boring. I don't need any of this. So it was all good. All right. Hey, late checkout. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to hear from some advertisers. We're going to pay some bills. And when we come back, we're going to get into some of your adventures in the Sierras. I I see a lot of familiar spots here on our discussion list, and I can't wait to talk about them. So listeners, stay tuned. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. From the backcountry to the backyard, we believe everyone deserves the highest level of protection. Since 1984, Sawyer Products offers the best, most technologically advanced solutions for protection against sun, bugs, and water, using time-released liposome technology, topical insect repellents, and new standards in water filtration. And with every Sawyer product you buy, you are helping to provide clean water through 140 charities in 80 countries with their long-lasting water filters. Every Sawyer product you buy is an investment in our common humanity. Choose Sawyer and keep the adventure going, knowing that their products have been tested and chosen by those who count on serious protection on the trail all day long. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Six Moon Designs has been innovating ultralight backpacking gear for the past 20 years. With a wide range of products ranging from ultralight shelters to backpacks and accessories like their extensive line of trekking umbrellas, Six Moon Designs is sure to have a great piece of gear for your needs. With the company philosophy being that gear should aid one's experience, not define it, Six Moon Designs thinks the more time people spend outside the natural world, the better off this world will be. And remember, 
Go wild, live young. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. This episode is sponsored by Jolly Gear. Are you tired of compromising between the ventilation of a button-down and the full protection of a sun hoodie? With the Triple Crown button-down, you can have the best of both. Plus, their fun standout patterns will have you the talk of the trail. Visit them at jollygear.com. Through hiker owned, Jolly Gear, where fun meets functional. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on a whim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. And welcome back. We're talking to Eric Coleman, a.k.a. Late Checkout. What a name. I love that name. It's got a lot. It's got some flair to it, I think. It does. It's just a little bit long, like you said. I agree. (laughs) Even when it was decided, I was like, oh, I know Doc is going to tell me it's too long. (laughs) Wow. I'm in your head. If you're thinking about me when you get your trail name out there, that's saying something. I'm telling you, although you sound a little little bit high right now and your daughter does too because i normally listen when i listen on spotify it's always at 1.8 times speed but um <laughs> but yeah i'll be out here in the garage working on something and you're in my headphones and, and yeah but you're really mellow today for some reason 1.8 speed man I, I, that that must be an experience right there talking fast it is. i can understand at two times it's just too fast you sound yeah. too much like one of the chipmunks and i just can't I can't get it. You know what? This is this brings up a, a good, an interesting point. I would like to have some clarification from the listeners out there. If you yeah. listen to it, if you listen to Hiker Trash Radio on any speed other than 1.0, send me an email. Send me a message. <laughs> send me a message on Instagram. Oh. Let me know what speed you listen to the podcast. What is the ideal speed to listen to Hiker Trash Radio? So, interested. That's a good one. Interested to yeah. hear the results on that one. I'd love to hear it too. Okay. I might, you might drop my score on the crazy scale. You know what? The fact that you listen at 1.8, I, I think you're in the fifties now. So <laughs> dang it. All right. All right. I'll take that though. All right. Hey, you mentioned the Sierras, you mentioned team East. Let's talk about some of your adventures up there. You did a lot of uh, car camping sounds like uh, in that area. Yeah. When you ventured into the mountains and you, you put on the backpack and you head out, what are some of the more memorable trips you've done out there? And I think it's important to hear the perspective of a weekend warrior because I would say the vast majority of us are weekend warriors. A lot of yeah. us, we don't have jobs that can allow us to take weeks, months off at a time to do these these outrageous things that, that through hikers are doing out there. And so we have to get it in smaller chunks. 
you're right. And I know that's why you started the show. So you could continue to enjoy the, the trail. Yeah. We live vicariously through the, through the long time through hikers. But the reality is when we go out there, most of the people we end up meeting are just the regular weekend warriors, but it's just, just great meeting everybody. That's one thing I got. I always tell people the one thing I love about being out there is just meeting just a ton of different people from different walks of life. So anyways, what was the original question though? Cause I got sidetracked about, I've got a list of trips here. We going to talk about the okay. big, big Secchi loop light. Yeah. The big Secchi loop light. So that that's my friend, Tony, his, his, that was a, a goal of his. So I was the tag along with him, but that is a, if, for those of you that don't know, Secchi is Sequoia Kings national park. They're basically, they're two separate national parks, but they're always said together. But the, I'd say about maybe a a third of the loop, maybe not quite that much does comprise some of the John Muir trail from about, I forget the junction there. You're about three miles South of LeConte where you, that Northern end. And then obviously when you're South of Whitney, but it's basically a loop that is, I think about 170 miles, but we only did a hundred miles of it. So we went in last year over Kearsarge and then you continue to head West. And I forget, is it Bubs Creek? Yeah. Uh, you end up at, at road's end there. And then from road's end, you shoot up North and my gosh, that is the toughest part of the trail for sure but it is pretty remote in that there's not a whole lot of people on the trail. And that's a nice alternative. I know that a lot of people do this, the, the, the Sierra high route yeah. as an alternative, the John Muir trail, mm-hmm. but to avoid a lot of those crowds. And that's what you're getting with. I think the big Secchi loop, Tony went back and did the other, the Southern half this year. while I did my version of my trip this year, but anyway, so we headed North out of roads end and then eventually I got to tell you the the hike up to the Granite Basin is what's just really unbelievably tough. And I can only imagine what it would be coming from the south because you actually go up a trail. It's listed not on the paper map, but in Gaia, it reads the Bitch Trail. <laughs> the Bitch Trail, Doc? I'm not familiar with the Bitch Trail, no. You're not familiar with the Bitch Trail. It comes up from Simpson Meadow. And there it's north. But Simpson's Me- Simpson Meadow is maybe eight miles south of that junction there, the John Muir Junction, where, again, you're about three miles south. So from there, you head up the, the tr- up our south along the JMT, up the Golden Staircase. I was going to ask if the Golden yeah. Staircase was involved. This Golden Staircase was involved, and that was another one, because that trip from that day from Tony's – an ambitious man. I'd say a young man, but he's actually a bit about a year older than me. We're still young though, right? That's he, right. We're all in the same demographic. Yeah. Doc, but he's a amb- bit more ambitious. I said, when he told me the plans for the trip, I'm like eight days, man, that's some seven passes, six passes. I don't know. We are older. He's now we can do it. So anyways, up the golden staircase for me, was at the tail end of the day. I didn't get the golden view of the setting sun bouncing off the creek there, but I stayed about halfway up the golden staircase. 
on these primitive pads. Do you maybe realize we're seeing those off? Yes, I I know what you're talking about. And you're the first person I've talked to who is camped halfway up the Golden Staircase. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was getting late. It was 730. It was getting cold and I was done. And he was already up at at the Palisades. Palisades Lakes. Yeah. Man, it was. It would have been great. I had some leader and some dry flies in my pack, and I didn't bring any fishing pole because I knew it was going to be long. But I had my trekking pole, and I did pull in a couple goldens at different times, just tying the leader on my trekking pole and going out there. But, anyways, he was up at Palisade Lakes when I got there, and I just was like, man, I could have been up here enjoying this lake and catching some goldens, but we made it over. We made it over Mather that day and stayed at Marjorie Lake, I believe. Yes. Yeah. After that day. Just short of Pincho. Yeah. Just, no, no, no. Let's see. I'm sorry. We went over Mather and then we stayed, we stayed below Pincho. Oh yeah. Yeah. Just yes, short Marjorie. of Pincho. Yeah. You're sorry. Mm-hmm. Sorry. I was thinking south of, but yes, north of. Yeah. yeah. So we stayed at Marjorie, mm-hmm. then over Pincho, then to the Ray Lakes. And that's where you start hitting a lot more crowds because, you know, the Ray Lakes yeah. Loop is pretty popular. And I right. don't mind. I, I love people. It's really just it, you hear people complain about you hit the John Muir Trail and it's a super highway out there. I'm like, yeah. well, yeah, you see a person every 45 minutes. It's not that crowded, at least in my experience. Yeah. So, you know, there is another trail out there that is uh, supposed to it was supposed to be an alternative to the John Muir Trail. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's the Theodore Solomon's Trail. I've heard you talk about it. For yeah, I've sure. talked to a couple of people who have done it. It's it's not a real popular. It's uh, I don't know how well maintained it is. I know there's a lot yeah. of bushwhacking involved, and one one guy I talked to, he wasn't sure if he was going to make it out alive. But talk about not seeing anybody. You're, you're out there uh, on your own. Yeah, I don't. I have no problem being by myself. I love being solo, but I also love being with people. And if it's going to be a sketchy situation like that, I'm like, uh, yeah. I don't know. I have to be a group effort for that one, but you're going to do it at some point. I don't know. You know, the way the guy was explaining it, it didn't sound that appealing. I I don't know that I have to be that rustic. Gotcha. Yeah. 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 I I like trails. I'll go off trail if I have to go use the bathroom or something, but at the end of the day, Trails are nice. I've talked to a number of people who have evolved from trails to be more kind of route driven. And picking a, the route is your destination and you have to go overland to get it, get to it. Yeah. So yeah. there's a lot of high routes out there. Skirka's done a lot of work in that area as well. It was fun talking to him about that. Have I gotten to that episode yet? Is that Hiker Trash? Somebody on uh, Skirka? I don't remember the name. Yeah, Andrew Skirka. He's the guy that invented okay. the Great Western Loop. Okay. So. I'm trying to remember all your shows, honestly, as much as I do love them, I start thinking, oh, he's going to ask me what's my favorite episode. <laughs> just run together. <laughs> I do have a couple. I will say that for sure. But It's tough to pick favorites. There's so many interesting people out there. Yeah. 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 Rob hey. Pope. I, I oh, yeah. Tell you, just side note. I just loved that episode. I, again, I listened to that maybe three weeks, a month ago. Uh-huh. And I just, man, just a neat guy. I actually, there's... I have not reached out to anybody on your show. I had to DM Rob Pope. Did you? Did he get back to you? Yeah, he he, we talked back and forth a little bit, just a bit. But he's just—I love that he would just in love. No one loves to have. I'm just going to be open here. Don't let anybody get offended. But if you go into somebody else's country and you start taking a crap on it, 
that's not very cool. I had nothing but good things to say about Canada. What a great place. Mm-hmm. You need to go, if you haven't ever been up to Banff or Jasper, the people are wonderful. That's what I, but the one thing, other than his neat sort of perspective on, on just why I was running, I just thought it was so great that he was just, the, America is just awesome. We're full of great people. People want to focus on all the negative stuff yeah. that we've got here or around the world. He had nothing but good things to say about our wonderful country. Yeah. I had to reach out and say thanks. That's so, awesome that he got back to you. Awesome that you, you yeah. reached out to him. They awesome that he get back to you. And if yeah. folks are wondering who Rob Pope is, he is the guy who wrote Becoming Forest about his experience of recreating the Forrest Gump run and running across yeah. America five times. Basically, I think it was 15,600 miles. And uh, he it is not spelled out very clearly in the movie, Forrest Gump, where exactly yeah. the, the run took place for Forrest. Yeah. But he took the clues... He went through the movie and took the clues and tried to be as faithful to you know what was depicted on the big screen as possible. So really yeah. cool guy. Really neat. Yeah, I yeah. loved it. And this, but this isn't to say take anything away from your other listeners too. I just thought it was great, and I just because I've done road trips across the country too, and yeah. that's the one thing that I discovered too. It's, I, I, you know, as as a missionary, I was in Alabama and Florida and Georgia, and it's not California. It's not SoCal. It was great. There's neat people yeah. there. Trail trap living in Utah for a little bit, not California, but still neat people. Met from New York all the way back here. It's just we got a wonderful country, and that's not to take a crap on any other country yeah. in the world. It's just we are really blessed, and we are chock full of wonderful people. And so, anyways, yeah. I think that is one of the benefits of doing being a podcast host and, and doing this podcast is that not only yeah. have I talked to people from I don't know how many states. I I have not done an official count of how many states my guests are from, but I can say that we can even extend that to worldwide. I've talked to, I think, people on all seven continents, which has been very cool. Even even Antarctica? Yes. Anne-Marie Athey, Zips. She was an AT through hiker who volunteered or signed up to be a student, didn't volunteer, she got paid for it. She signed up to be a steward in Antarctica at McMurdo Station to support the scientists down there. And, and she got selected. And a lot of people apply, and she got selected. And she went down there not knowing hardly anything you know, about what she was getting herself into. And she loved it so much, she volunteered to stay on during the winter season down there when you know the sun doesn't show up for for six months and so she was part of the skeleton crew down there of like 150 people at mcmurdo station during those six months it was a fascinating story was that that was an episode in seasons past that's not recent is it because it sounds familiar yeah i think it's uh might be season five maybe yeah. Got it. Okay. Then, yeah, I would have listened to because I'm just barely a year behind. I think I'm in December of last year. So yeah, you're behind. You're catching up though. Yeah. I'm a serial guy. I like to, I like to, I like to read prequels or listen to or whatever. Anyways. So. Yeah. I, I like Go to start, ahead. I like to start at the beginning too. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. All right. Hey, I see another trip on your list here, which I'm interested to hear about. And that's Mineral King to Whitney. I had not heard of Mineral yeah. King prior to maybe three years ago. Had no idea it even existed. Really? And I've done the Mineral King yeah. loop twice now. It is a butt kicker. It is no joke. It's like a three-day trip, but it, it involves some serious up and down. You can slow it down, too. You don't have to do it in three days, right? right. I haven't done the Mineral King loop, but... You listen at 1.8 speed. I try and hike at 1.8 speed. <laughs> <laughs> well, from what you told us when we were meeting with 
on Randall's podcast, you said you had a 25 pound with food. I was like, I, I have no even, I have no way of comprehending 25 pounds with five or six days worth of food. So that's incredible. I left the, the CPAP machine at home. So <laughs> <laughs> got it. Yep. I need to get rid of it somehow. <laughs> Yeah, so Mineral so you, King. Mineral so you started. King, yeah. You started so, at Mineral King and went to Whitney. Yeah, so I'll tell a little background on okay. on that story. And I, I also have to. I have to also have to share uh, this too because uh, it's going to sound really weird. So my wife and I we've been married twenty four years, um, and I've only been up to Mineral King three times. Now that might not sound odd, but let me tell you why it's odd. Those old cabins there, my in-law, my mother-in-law's parents bought one of those old cabins back in the 50s. And so my wife, my, my father-in-law is a PE teacher. My mother-in-law taught for 10 years. But either way, my wife spent her entire summers living in that cabin up in Mineral King. And so it was a, it's a very important part of her life. They still have the cabin, even though Aaron's grandparents, that's my wife, Aaron, both of her grandparents are now gone. She her grandma passed, I think it was April of this year, or maybe it was, I forget it was, she's not quite been gone a year, hundred and just shy of hundred and one. So wow. anyways, yeah, they, they're, they were mineral King people. But the reason I have not gone up to mineral King that often is because that drive up, first of all, you have to drive up the, up the grapevine and go through all that, that stuff. You've got, if anybody's familiar with those two, I forget it's the 99, and the 395. You tell me which is the better drive. The 395, especially north of, of Mojave, it's just that gorgeous desert, high it's desert. It's one of the most scenic drives you'll ever take, the 395. Absolutely love it. Absolutely love it. And then again, I grew up going up to Bishop, camped up Bishop Creek. You want to go down and swim in the pool after three or four days of camping and fishing and being in front of the campfire? Let's go to town. We're going to get some Taco Bell. We're going to go swim at the public pool. We're going to go to the Kmart. Or the drive up to Mineral King, going back to that, from now, it's like a 24 miles, I think, and it takes you literally an hour and 30, 40 minutes to drive up that windy single road to get to the cabin. Now, granted, it's gorgeous up there. There's a cabin. There's tons of great trailheads. But that's why I've only been up there three times. Yeah, that <laughs> drive like, that, me? That drive is something, man. It, it, it is a grind Horrible. to get back there. It's horrible. I thought about doing it again this year, and I may do the, this trip again. But anyways, the hike from the trailhead there in Mineral King over Franklin Pass, and then you just you end up down on the current along the Kern River there. So the High Sierra, you get that part of the High Sierra Trail. Or no, I'm sorry. The High Sierra Trail comes in at Tung- Funston Meadow, right? I think you guys did the High Sierra Trail, right? Yes, this we last did. year? Yeah. Or this year. Either way, so you start there in Sequoia. We're just a little bit farther south. Mineral King is a little bit is, in fact, Mineral King for your listeners if they don't know is actually part of the Sequoia National Park. Originally, it wasn't, but it's south central. Does that sound about right? It sounds about right. Yep. Yeah. Anyways, from the cabin over Franklin Pass down to Kern River, and then you pick up. It's there at uh, Junction Meadow. You start to head up again, and then you head up. You hit eventually. You hit the JMT there at, is it McGee Creek? I always forget the name. Is it McGee Creek? McGee Creek sounds right. Yep. Yeah. And then you just, again, you're on the JMT at that point. You're working your way past Crabtree and Guitar Lake. And so the reason I say 
tell you all this is because my father-in-law was involved with the Boy Scouts for years. And my wife, they would do, they would hike from the cabin to Whitney and back. Sometimes they would exit Whitney Portal, but the round trip from the cabin to Whitney and back is 100 miles. My wife did that, I think, as early as eight or nine years old. And so that explains why she has no interest in backpacking anymore. That was going to be my, be my follow-up yeah. question. Is she got the... The the backpacking bug, the fever. No, I'm hoping at some point it'll come back. I mean, we bought she bought a backpack at the garage at the REI garage sale some years ago, and I'm thinking, yes, she's going to get into it, but she's yet to use it. But maybe one day. But I did. We did go on a hike. I finally got her on a hike. And this is I know that might be a little bit of a stretch for me, but East Canyon there off the old road. I do. And you hiked? Have you ever hiked up to? To Mission Peak, I have. In fact, I'm going. I'm yeah. doing East Canyon tomorrow morning. Oh, nice! Yeah, yeah, I love East Canyon up to Mission Peak. We call it Three Trees here in the Valley. I don't know us, us locals, but yeah, I hike that Three Tree, that East Canyon up to Three Trees all the time. As my just, I need a quick hike, and so I did it on. Yeah, Sunday was the last time I did it. Do you, so, it. do you come up from East Canyon or do you come up from O'Melveny? If I hike Three Trees from or Mission Peak from the south side of the mountain, I actually will go from Neon Way. So Neon, so you've got a- uh, We're getting way in the weeds here, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, the, the listeners are like, we don't want to know all this. This is several talk. We can talk about it another time, but no. Anyway, sorry. Next time you do Mission Peak, though, let me know. We'll, I'll meet you all up right. there. Yeah, yeah, we'll do it. You'll probably, this guy's slow. No wonder he's carrying 50 pound back. He's got to have energy or something in there, food. Anyways, but my father-in-law was in Boy Scouts for years. And lots of boys have gone that route from the cabin up to Whitney out. I don't think they've ever done the hundred mile with the boys, but it's like a family thing. And he's been bugging me for years. He's Eric, you got to do, you've got to do the cabin to Whitney. It's great. So I took one of my nephews, my brother-in-law's son had graduated from college and Hey, let's do it. I couldn't get my son. My son is uh, 17 and no longer interested in hiking. Oh. <laughs> Maybe one day. We'll see. I hiked the hell out of him a couple of years ago, and I, I think I got it out of him. But anyway, so it was nice to follow in the footsteps of father-in-laws and mother-in-laws and wives and cousins and whatever else. So that's why we did it. But it's, it is a great trip. It is really fun. It's not my favorite, but it's, it is great. Yeah, you have to endure so. the drive to get there. And, but once you're back there, it is absolutely gorgeous. It is. It's stunning. And that hot creek, my gosh, that hot creek. You, you spent, did you camp at the hot creek and, and bathe in the little hot creek there? Because it's, I think it's just north of Funston where you come out. Yeah. On the High Sierra Trail there, we, along the Kern River, there was a hot spring that we part, yeah, yeah. partook in. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. it. Okay. Got it. Did you camp there and enjoy? Didn't camp there. The, I think the we the had lunch. Spring? I think we had lunch there. Oh, so you didn't even get to bathe in the hot spring? I, no, I went in. I went in. Oh, you did? Okay, yeah. good, good. Yeah. yeah. It's, again, it's my only first, my first time, but that's, again, I've been, I've had it pounded into me for 24 years. Eric, you need to do that hike. Yeah. It is actually a wonderful hike, but yeah. uh, maybe we'll have to do it for Mineral King sometime. But my favorite, so we'll jump over because I know you got that on the list. My favorite of all the trips, I'd say, is the North to South Lake Loop. They're out of Bishop. Now, is it really a loop? You can make it a loop if okay. you want to. I've heard people complain that it's not a loop. It's just an out and back. No, no, no. Or a not, point to point. It is point to point. It yeah, is point, point to point. point. 
but you got to either, you got to put a car on one uh, or the other end. But if you can make it a loop by, Mm -hmm. if you start at North Lake there, it's out of Bishop Creek and work your way through. I've had plenty of people that are backpackers that have said to me, this is the best section of the JMT. You've done the whole thing. I've still got sections of the North that I need to complete. I've done some, but, and it's all gorgeous. It's hard. It's like listening to your show, doc. They all bleed together. It's all great. Your show is great from season one to now. Season one was choppy. Yeah, I'm not sure about that. (laughs) I'm just teasing. teasing. But uh, no, the Sierras, it's just, it's my favorite place. When I die, that's where you're going to scatter my ashes, okay? But Evolution Valley is great. But to turn the North to South Lake Loop into a loop, you'd have to walk down from South Lake. If you're, let's see, you're just going North to South. You walk down from South Lake a bit. And I'm thinking down the highway, maybe a mile, there's the trailhead that goes to, I always forget, I think it's Tyee Lakes. And so there's a trail that will take you up over another mountain and down to the, just into the Sabrina Basin, if you will. I guess it all, could all be the Sabrina Basin, but you, you pick up that trail that takes you out at uh, Sabrina Lake and then that you basically come out right where that that extended parking is along the the highway there and then you could walk up to north lake if that's where you parked your car but yeah that's how you'd turn it into a loop but i gotta tell you i really had the greatest experience hitching took me three people to get up to north lake where i left my truck and the last person so the kids that picked one guy took me from just below north lake out to the highway or south lake to south of the highway and then from there, some kids took me up to those mailboxes right by Aspendale, where those cabins are. They're dropping me off. I was going to just start walking up. And some dude, an old dude in his flatbed truck, he's, you need a ride? Where are you going? And I said, just up to North Lake. My truck's up there. Throw your bag on the back. Let's go. This old dude, he was the guy that ran the mule, the mule train, or the mule, the pack mules there up there at North Lake. And so I got to listen to this tell me this guy tell me stories. He'd been running mules up there. His father, maybe it was even his grandfather, had the pack station, owned the pack station back when there was one there at Whitney. They used to run mules up to Whitney. And he had a photo of either his dad or his grandpa on the summit from the air. Some friend of theirs that was flying a plane was able to take a photo. But this old guy, I know we got to get moving, but the... He's got a open can of course there in his truck. He's, oh, I wish I had a beer. I'd give you a beer. I couldn't, I didn't have the heart to tell him I'm warm and I don't drink beer, but he's, oh, you, I might have one up at the station. You want one? I'm like, no, I'm good, bud. Thanks, Mike. I appreciate it, but so cool. So I, hitching a ride, it was all worth it. So anyways. Nice. Love to hear those awesome hitchhiker stories. And and you know what? It's all about the stories, right? It's the characters that you meet. It is. And it is so cool that you had that chance to meet that character uh, who had that history with the station. I actually hung out with him for probably 45 minutes. After being on trail for five days, I wanted to go and get some food, but I was just loving talking to that guy. Talked for about 45 minutes. Good stuff. Hey, time is growing short. Uh, I know we want to talk a little bit about the SEER challenge that you've been involved with. Yeah, we connected connected through Randall Gillespie of uh, Grunt Proof and his challenge called the SEER challenge. You want to take us? You were were a contestant in season one of the SEER challenge. Yeah, 
You know that from Sesame Street, that little bit they'd always do, they'd have a, four boxes and there'd be three people playing tennis or something and then one person playing rac- racquetball or something. It was one of these things don't belong together. However, the song, the jingle goes. I, I do not know how I ended up in the what was originally called Grunt Proof Games and this year challenge, other than that I made friends with Randall through his YouTube channel where it came across a video about Sear or excuse me, stealth camping. And so he's got a he's got a nice way about him. He's just got a friendly way. And I always wondered if I would have done well in the military. I didn't serve, thought about it, but just never pulled the trigger. So anyways, there was something great about his channel. He just reviewed reviews gear from the grunt's perspective. And this was a concept he came up with. He developed this sort of show that the SEER challenge is what it's now called, but SEER for those people that don't know is an acronym for search, evade, resist, escape. And it's actual training that the military puts some of their people through. If you think of that movie with Owen Wilson behind enemy lines, that's a great movie. It's probably not super realistic, but think of that movie and Owen Wilson's character probably needed some SEER training or he did. That's why he was able to get it out get out of Croatia or wherever he crashed his F-14 or 615 into. But And so as you were evading and resisting out there, you imagine yourself as Owen Wilson in Croatia? Yeah, just with a much better looking nose. <laughs> <laughs> so I'd say season one was, again, it was a trial. They, they had some kinks that worked out. They made it a lot different. Randall put it out on his channel. He's, hey, I'm putting something together. Who wants to come out? I haven't thought, oh, my pe- but I'm a backpacker. I'm not a military guy. I don't know anything survivor or stuff. I'm not a bushcrafter. He, I guess, again, we had built a, made a connection. And so he threw it out to me. I'm like, sure, why not? Sounds like fun. Oh, Thanksgiving week. Um, fun. You okay? Yeah, do it. Go. So it was actually during th- the week of Thanksgiving. And, but season two is out. So for those of you, go check out Seer Challenge. Randall's big channel is Grunt Proof. He's got a bunch of subscribers, but he's created a second challenge to funnel all the Seer-related stuff. So Seer Challenge is on Seer Challenge channel. But season two, way different than season one in that two seasoned veterans going head-to-head and um, a little bit better. But think of the Hunger Games without uh, a beautiful woman that's really badass but just regular dudes being out going out there having fun but some some perks but again think of uh, again think of the movie behind enemy lines is the best i can make it for the layperson but season two is way better and then season three since i'm a little bit in on what's going on because i am going to go out there and help support for this season in a in a month or in a, in a week it's going to be great and it's, it, it should be a lot of fun it's not like your regular Survivor TV show, which I was a fan for 10 years. It's nothing like Survivor. We'll have to check that out. Speaking of yeah. Survivor, we had uh, a contestant from season one, Kelly Wigglesworth, yeah. on the show. I've, I have not gotten to that, but I was like, wow, he's getting, the dog's getting some people on. You yeah, know? she was a lot of fun he, to talk to. I thought to. he hit the pinnacle when you had Eric Blem on in your, was that first or second season? You got a major author on here, but now you've got an actual TV star Anyways, yeah, I'm looking forward to that one. I barely remember her, but I know I remember her because, again, 
I watched from season one yeah, through 10 and yeah. then I was like, all right, you'll remember her. I can do can't yep. do anymore. So. so speaking of YouTube channels, tell us what people can find on your YouTube channel. I'd say it is, it's Coleman outdoors. Nice hat. And yes. That's uh-huh. my, yeah, it's my logo. And I should have brought the real sign in here. It's out in the courtyard. It's just me going outside and doing stuff, hiking, backpacking, if you go online and you watch, how do I become a successful YouTube channel? They always say, pick a niche, stay on the niche. Don't deviate from the niche. I, I, I can't help it. I, there's most, it's, it is mostly outdoor stuff, but I've got, I've got some sign making videos on there because I love to do woodworking. I got too many hobbies, and <laughs> so I like to share it. I often tell people that my YouTube channel is basically just journaling. It's something, hopefully my kids or my grandkids will or great grandkids will enjoy when I'm old, but I, I day hike a lot. So there's a lot of day hike stuff. I have done some reviews, but it's hard for me to get uh, too excited about that. It's a lot of work to put together a scripted sort of thing. Yeah. Eric, you, you and I, better. I think you and I are a lot alike in that I had those same thoughts about the podcast. What a yeah. neat way for for my grandkids or great grandkids to say, I wonder, I wonder what Grandpa Doc was all about, and they, yeah. <laughs> they have this ability to listen in and hear the things that we're talking about here. So that's yeah. a, a very cool idea. Yeah. All right. I, I, I love it. Hey, late check. You know what? You know where we are. Oh, well, go ahead. You go ahead. Oh, well, I was going to say, really, the most you often say on the show, Doc, that Mrs. Doc keeps asking when I'm going to start making money, <laughs> and Mrs. Coleman Outdoors isn't asking when I'm going to start making money. She, fortunately, she doesn't bug me like your wife. But yeah, I've not made any mo- money at this point. And that's why I finally hit the thousand subscriber uh, pinnacle or milestone. But I feel super enriched by my YouTube experience. Aside from what I'm cataloging for ancestors or whatever, mm-hmm. progeny, whatever you want to call it. I have met people and just this experience with you on the show I just, I've, I've made friends for life that I would have never have made if not for creating a channel. And I often tell people, there's not a whole lot of people making a ton of money on YouTube or whatever else, but you're going to be enriched if you have a desire to do something like this, because you can look back on the progress that you've made in your own life, even just feeling more comfortable on camera or speaking to people. But again, you may even make friends. And again, my, I've made friends, Tony, Tyler, Marty, Randall, these guys, Bill, these guys from the yeah. challenge, I would have never met if not for creating a YouTube channel. So yeah. I, money is, money is not that important. Everyone could, I'd love to have extra. <laughs> so I'm getting out of it is so worth it. That's Go ahead. All right. Hey, late checkout. You know where we are right now? We are at the pros insider tip of the week or something like that. Yeah. Hiking hacks. Oh, hiking hacks. That's right. You now, changed it on me. Now known as hiking hacks. So it's time Got for you it. to share some trail wisdom with our listeners. What do you have for us? <sighs> trail wisdom. I would say that be just be out there. My friend Tony and I, I know I've mentioned Tony a few times. We've often talked. Is it more about the exercise or is it more about the connection that you're having with nature? that mental health. Now I know that's not much of a hiking hack, but be out there with a purpose to recharge yourself. 
because that's really what it is about. Yeah, I enjoy the fact that I get some exercise, but go out there with a purpose, and the purpose being you just need some you need some healing, you need some mental healing. Yeah. Or you just you know and need to appreciate what you've got to be present out there. Be, be present. present while you're doing it. If I had like a physical hack or something advice as far as what to do out there, don't be one of these people that end up in the paper labeled expert hiker. Oh, I hate that. I hate that term with a passion, Doc. Absolutely hate it when I see it in the paper. Expert hiker lost in the forest. No, <laughs> not really. I'm yet to meet an expert hiker. <laughs> hiker. What, am I an expert walker? I know how to walk to the kitchen and get something out of the fridge. Does that make me an expert walker? You're what? Don't be one of these people that get, goes out there and becomes an expert hiker, hiker, know your limits and go out there and be prepared. That's one of the things, one of the, that's the scout motto is be prepared no longer in scouts, but it's always been with me. And that's, that's part of my culture. We've always been taught to be prepared with in the case of emergency, go out with enough water, go out with enough knowledge. That you're not going to get yourself into major trouble if something happens or things, a plan doesn't go like it's supposed to. Yeah. All right. Well said. So there you have it. We're just about done here. Hope our listeners enjoyed our time with last, with not last checkout, late checkout. It might (laughs) be last checkout. checkout. I don't know. Yeah. I want to thank you for joining us this week. Eric, how can our listeners keep up with you on social media and where can they find updates on your latest adventures? So again, my channel is Coleman outdoors, Coleman, like the camping equipment. Outdoors, 90% of the other YouTubers out there, we're all part of a big family. Our surname is Outdoors. But my Instagram channel, which I'm pretty, I use that quite a bit, is Eric Coleman Outdoors, but it's Eric underscore Coleman. Excuse me, Eric underscore Coleman underscore Outdoors. I need to really figure out how to say things in (laughs) smaller ways. A lot of syllables, a lot of syllables, yeah. 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 (laughs) I'm noticing a theme. All right. Yes, I have a hard time telling a short story <laughs> and I have a hard time picking short names. All right. Remember to check out uh, Hiker Trash Radio on social media as well. We're on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok. And if you have comments or clips you want to share, you can send it to me at hikertrashradio at gmail.com. Off the beaten path. Now, unfortunately, late checkout, we can't always be on the trail. And when we're not, we need to find a way to get our adventure fix. So, Eric, I'm going to ask you to share some outdoor adventure media with our listeners to help them get by. This could be a book, movie, documentary, YouTube channel. We call this segment Off the Beaten Path. I know you've already mentioned a couple tonight, but what else might you have for us? I'm going to, I'm going to go back to one of your original guests, Eric Blem. If people have not read the last season, man, that's so good. And it's, yeah, it's such a great thing. Now his name is escaping me. Anyways, Randy Morganson. Yes, Randy Morganson. He's, there's no pity to be had for him, but it's just a, he's a, it's kind of makes you a little sad, but also appreciate him. But on a happier note, I will give another book reference. And I know someone referenced this. I'm like, I don't listen to a lot of outdoor media or books or whatever, but someone mentioned the Lord of the Rings. And I often thought, would I share my favorite fantasy novel? The Belgariad is a series of books written by David Eddings. It's been my favorite. See, you're nodding your head. You know the Belgariad? I know, you know? David Eddings. I'm trying to remember what books yeah. I've read by David Eddings because that name is, I, I know I've definitely read him. 
The Belgariad is his first five books that I'm aware of that were like, which really put him into. And I think he wrote them in the 80s. And then the second five books of the series is called The Malorian. But then he's also got another couple of trilogies, The Tamale and the, I forget the other one. But those are pretty good. But my favorite books of all time as a kid, because I've read a lot of sci-fi and some fantasy, not as much fantasies. I, I re- read The Hobbit and then I was like, oh, Tolkien's fantastic. He's great. I love the movies and the cartoons. I grew up on that that cartoon, The yeah. Hobbit. But he's just too poetic for me. But the Belgariad, favorite series of books, anybody ever talked to that's read The Lord of the Rings and The Belgariad, they're like, by far, The Lord of the Rings is the OG. Tolkien made the genre, but the characters in The Belgariad are just fantastic. All right. And I, it's, it's, it's a typical sword and stone sort of sorcery stuff. It's going on my list. It's going on All my right. list. All right. What have we not asked you? And before we wrap things up, just one more segment called What Have I Not Asked You That You're Dying to Tell Us About? We've got to have you on for another episode because we, we missed out on a lot of a lot of things. But uh, just to close that's up. That's fine. I love talking to any, you. Anything you know, else you, clearly you want, you want yeah, to mention? Yeah, actually, I'm going to do something that's a little unusual here. Okay. I know this isn't great for radio. <laughs> and I know we're running out of time here. But if you've watched any of my making videos, you'll, you've noticed that I've branded a lot of woodworkers or makers will brand something. So I feel like branding this end of the show with the Coleman Alcoaster. While I heat up this branding iron here, is this ruining the, yeah, is this sound quality ruining the sound quality? No, you're good. You're good. Okay. While I heat this up, this is going to take a minute or two. I'm going to tell you what I really am dying to tell you. And then I'll show, I'll turn the camera down so I can brand this piece of wood. But we can stamp this show with the final Coleman original and Hyper Trash Radio original. But what I really want to tell you, and I'll start by asking you a question. Do you know what Inyo means? Inyo? I-N-Y-O? Yeah, like Inyo National Forest, Inyo County. I do not. I know it is the name of a county in a a national forest. Yes. I figured you would. In fact, any of your thru-hikers that have done the PCT will know of the word Inyo. Well, it's a Paiute word, and you can check this on the U.S. Forest. This is me making this up. This is my, I just, when I discovered what the word meant, it absolutely, I love it. The Inyo, the word Inyo means the dwelling, excuse me, the dwelling place of the great spirit. And again, Inyo National Forest there is what's on the eastern slope of Whitney, and then the western side of Whitney is Sequoia National Park. But so any of your people that are up in those mountains and they're entering into, and this can apply to any of the mountainous areas in our world, but that word or that that phrase, the dwelling place of the great spirit, makes me realize that when I go up there, what I'm feeling, whether it be God for me or Vishnu for Hindus, Allah for Muslims, whatever your religion and whoever your creator is, you're feeling a presence that is the dwelling place of the great spirit. And I just love that because we are blessed with such a wonderful world. And we're blessed with being able to go into a place where we can feel a power that's greater than ours. And I'll leave it on that. And I'm going to brand this piece of wood here. And then we'll show you what it looks like. Okay, okay let's take a look. Uh, hopefully this is hot enough now. I'm going to turn the camera down too so we can see it brand here. Okay. 
Let's see. Let me get into the camera. Pull it back towards you a little bit. There we bit. go. How's that? There you go. Good. Oh, wow. That's good. So I'm going to lift this up really quick so you can see it a little bit better. Okay. That was, I got it way too hot, but I got to set this on something so it doesn't burn it. Now the cardboard will be fine. So here, let me, let me see here. How do I do this? So I get enough. Oh, wait. Is it upside down? Shoot. Hold on a second. Hold on. Can you see it now? I can, yes. Describe that there for our go. listeners. So that says an Eric Coleman original. Uh-huh. And I made that little brand, and I'll put that on my my little wood projects. Nice. Things that I make. In fact, you've probably seen it on the back of your John freaking Mearpod sign. Yes, I did. Or you might not have realized. So anyways, I don't know if you noticed when I turned this around. I, I didn't a, actually I show caught it. I caught a glimpse of something. You got a glimpse of something. You know, I, I'll, I, I'm, before I turn this around, you can't change the name of your show. <laughs> <No. anymore. laughs> if you do, you're going to lose a listener. <laughs> Anyways, I felt I'm going to do something cool. That is fantastic. I love doing stuff. So I appreciate you, Doc. I appreciate the great show that you do. And just so you know, this is just my time. This isn't a ton of money. Yeah. This is made from pallet wood. That wood that I made your other side from was just stuff that I'd gotten scrap from a friend. But I. So for our listeners, just, he's holding up. He's holding up yeah. a new sign. It says Hiker Trash Radio. It's got the Hiker Trash Radio logo on it. So that is absolutely fantastic, Eric. Thank you so much. You are welcome, buddy. And we'll have to figure out how to get it to you. But one of these days, I need to get myself a CNC. A router, it doesn't, I don't have to sit and labor over, but that takes the fun out of it. If you yeah. don't know what a CNC is, it's a computer yeah. controlled router. Hey, that takes us to the very end. I want to thank everybody for tuning in. Always remember the trail is the trail. It doesn't care if you want to go downhill. It doesn't care if it's almost dark and you're looking for a campsite. It doesn't even care if Tony left you in the dust and you're going to have to camp halfway up the golden staircase. The trail <laughs> is the trail. Embrace the suck. Thank you.